Thanks, Jennifer. I ask you to open your Bibles uh, to Ephesians chapter 6 and then get something to take notes so that you can write down uh, what the Spirit would speak to you this morning. This is our final message in our Ephesians series. I know it's been a while. We've been walking through it. I think we started in June and uh, just such good, rich uh, things here in the book of Ephesians. Go back to it often. You can listen to anything online for free. Uh, it's always a great book to go back to in the Word of God, and so we're just going to come in for a landing today, and uh, I'm so glad that you're here. We're going to have a good time uh, opening God's Word together. I'm not a grandparent, uh, but I have a lot of friends who are grandparents, and all they do is tell me how awesome it is. It, it's just like it's supposed to be the best thing in the world, so I, I've, I've asked my friends, so what is it about being a grandparent, that makes it so amazing. Maybe you're watching online right now and you're a grandparent. Write in the comments, what, what is it about being a grandparent? I don't get it, but because I'm not one yet. So, But this is what my friends tell me. One is they say that when they spend time with their grandchildren, it's like it's just them and their grandchild. It's just time with them. Like when you're a parent, you're busy, you're doing things, you're, you're always kind of going to the next thing, but, but when, you're, when you're a grandparent, you just have that, that time and that love and that connection with your grandchild. Another friend told me this, that they, they loved discovering who their grandson or granddaughter were. Like they just wanted to ask them questions and play with them and to see who God made them to be. Like who, you just kind of bring out who they are as a child. Because as a parent, when we're playing with our kids, we're trying to teach and train and mold and shape and, and all of these things. And, and when you're a grandparent, you're just trying to discover who that little one is. I think the best thing about being a grandparent is bringing your wisdom with you when you start to work with your grandchildren. Mark just turned 18. Pretty soon he'll be going off to college. We will be empty nesters officially. Thank you, Jesus. We will be empty nesters. And um, I say that now. I'll probably be sad at the time. Probably not. But um, no, we love, we love, love, love our boys. But uh, what makes me sad about Mark leaving is I, so here he's grown up. All the boys are grown up. Soon they'll be out of the house, and I'm just now figuring out how to be a dad. It's like I wish I got to go back and do it again. I think I'd be a much better dad if I got a second chance. I know as parents, we long to see our kids succeed in every area of their life. We'd, we want them to avoid all the mistakes that we made. We want them to have greater success than we'll ever imagine. We want to do our best to give our children a good start in life. And sometimes we do a great job at parenting, and other times we totally miss the mark. If you went on Amazon, there is no end to books on parenting. But I want to look at God's Word. I want to see what God says about the subject. And again, I realize, as we talked about marriage last week, I realize that we're all at different places in this sanctuary. 
we're in different places as we watch online. There are those of us that are parents and those of us that are grandparents, and there are many that wish they had children. There's others that are glad that they don't have children, at least not yet, maybe someday. There are those that are teachers and are in that role of bringing up children. There's so many different places we come from, but what we all have in common is that we were all once kids. We all had parents. Some of us had good parents. I had great parents. Some of us had not so great parents. Some of us had outright horrible parents. And God wants to be our father, but the devil wants to destroy your family. And so he's going to get in there and he's going to try to mess all these things up and, and, and mess up our view of God. And so what does God say about all of this? Let's look at it today in Ephesians chapter 6, beginning at verse 1. Children, obey your parents in the Lord, for this is right. Honor your father and mother, which is the first commandment with a promise, so that it may go well with you and that you may enjoy long life on the earth. Fathers, do not exasperate your children. Instead, bring them up in the training and instruction of the Lord. Paul talks to kids first and then parents. So let's talk to kids here today, and we're all kids, right? There's two rules for kids. There's two things that God asks us to do. One is to obey, and the other is to honor. That's the only thing God asks you to do. That's your job. It's simple. Obey and honor. Now, I didn't say it was easy, but I said it was simple. I also want to say this as I talk about obedience and honoring, that obedience and honor, moms and dads, is never an excuse for abusing your children. Well, they have to listen to me. They have to do what I tell them to do, or I will beat them or shame them or whatever. So it's never that license. And kids, it's never okay to endure that just because it's your parents. I just want to say that as we begin. But I know many of you in the room, if not most of you or all of you, that I know that your heart for your children is good. And so for children, we are called to be faithful to be obedient, to honor, and that when we do that, there are promises from God in his word that he keeps to us if we are faithful to honor and to obey. My dad had a saying, uh, he said it once, he said it a hundred times, he, he would always say this, he would say, play ball with me and I'll play ball with you. That's uh, basically saying, hey, if you honor, if you obey, it's going to go well with you, right? Play ball with me, I'll play ball with you. And, and in essence, he's saying, we can do this the easy way or we can do this the hard way, right? You have a choice here, how, how you're going to respond. And I want to talk to us all as children of God, and so I'm just going to say this, and I, I say this might be the most important thing I say all day, is that we are all children of God. And therefore, you and I have two callings to obey and honor God. We are his children, and he is a good, good father. You may not have had a good dad, and not having a good dad hurts because we know that dads are supposed to be good. They're supposed to provide. 
for their family and love their family, take care of their family, feed their family. They're, they're supposed to be good, and so when they're not, it hurts even more. But we have a good, good father. And he says in his word that he wants to make us a masterpiece. That's the whole point of the book of Ephesians, right? That we are his masterpiece. We are his workmanship. And he did all these things so that we could belong to him, and he wants us to mature and grow up and become that masterpiece. But you will never become what God wants you to become if you don't obey and honor him. It's like the story of Adam and Eve. Man, what a relationship with God, walking with God in the garden. Nothing better as long as they walked in obedience. But as soon as they disobeyed, it brought the curse upon them. God didn't curse them. It was their disobedience that brought the curse on them. And so in that story, one minute they're walking in the blessing, and the next minute they're walking in the curse, and it's just obedience versus disobedience. And so when it comes to our relationship with God today, as we are his kids, obey and honor the Lord. It will go good for you. It will be a blessing in your life. Let me talk to moms and dads today. Now, what does Paul tell us in Ephesians about that? First of all, we have two jobs, too. The first one is don't frustrate your children. Don't frustrate your children. A lot of times frustration comes from expectations. We put too high of expectations on our kids, or we, we get them too busy. We expect too much, or we start moving the goalposts, and they don't know what to do, and, and so it, it becomes that point of frustration. Or we don't allow them to grow up. They become teenagers and we still treat them like a little child. Or they become adults and we still treat them like teenagers. And so we are called not to frustrate our children. The only expectation you should have on your child is what God has for your child. And that's that they would have a heart after him. It's not that we don't care about the other things in life. It's that we just realize what's the most important thing. We went through many uh, teacher conferences. In fact, we were talking about this last night. Um, and we would go to the teacher conferences. they tell how the kids were doing in school. And we'd listen. And, and at the end of the, the conference, the one question the teacher always asked, is there any, anything you want to know? Any questions you have for me? And, and I would always ask the same question. Does my boy, and I only had boys, um, does my boy listen to you and respect you as the teacher? Does he honor the other kids in class? Does he have a good heart? Does he share? Because those are the most important things, right? Good grades are great. Sports are great. But a heart after God is the most important thing. And the only expectation I should have on my kids is the expectation that God has on them. Here's another way to frustrate your kids. Tell them to do one thing, and then you do another. If you're a hypocrite, that will frustrate your kids. If you say, hey, this is the way we're supposed to live, and then you do the exact opposite, that will bring frustration. So don't frustrate your kids. The, the other thing we're called to do is to bring them up in the training and instruction in the Lord. Bring them up in the training and instruction of the Lord. Proverbs 22.6 says this. Start your children off in the way they should go, and even when they are old, they will not turn away from it. We need to teach our kids who God is. 
And this never stops. I mean, this is when they're little kids, when they're teenagers, when they're adults. Teach them who God is. And God teaches us in his word who he is over and over again. He reveals himself through his names. There's 16 names of God throughout the Bible. I'm just going to give you five of them today. They're going to be on the screen. You can write them down if you want. Jehovah Jireh means that God is our provider. Jehovah Rapha, he is our healer. Jehovah Nisi, he's our victory. Jehovah Shalom, he is our peace. Jehovah Shema, he's the Lord who is there, or God is with us. Teach your kids who God is. And and what I love about the names of God, yes, they reveal his character, but you know what those names actually are doing? They're pointing to you. They're not just about who he is. It's who he is in your life. He is your provider. He is your healer. He is your victory. He is your peace. He is with you. Teach your kids these things. And then model that for them as well. So three things that I want you to write down that we bring our kids up in the admonition of the Lord or to know God. Number one, assure them of your love. Assure them of your love. Your kids need to know that your love is not given and will never be withdrawn because of their appearance, achievements, or actions. I'll read that one more time. Your children need to know that your love is not given and will never be withdrawn because of their appearance, achievement, or actions. Your kid needs to know that their worth is never in question in your eyes that they are valuable, that they are loved, that they were created in the image of God, that God has a call on their life. I mean, you have to assure them of your love. You have to be the mirror of God's love. And God loves us. We are his children. You know, he, he created us in his image. He just loves us because he loves us. He will always love us. And so we are to be that mirror for our children. And so that's why we are called to I'm going to use the, the Bible word for this. We're called to edify our children. It's a fancy way of saying to build up our children. We're called to build up our children, not to tear them down, but to build them up, to speak good things over their life, because God speaks good things over our life, right? He speaks the blessing over our life. We give that at the end of the service. We call it the benediction in Latin, bene, uh, just good, and, and diction, a saying, good saying. God's saying good things about our life. He's blessing us, and we need to be saying good things about our kids' life, right? I mean, there's no downside to this. How many of you like to be edified, right? I love it when people say good things about me, and and how much more your kids when they hear it from their parents. So, edify. And I'm going to say this, too. It's not just the parents to the child. It needs to be the parent to the parent. We need to build each other up, moms and dads. We work at this together. We don't tear down our spouse in front of our child. We, we edify. We build up. Because we, we build up. That's what God says. That's what love does. It doesn't tear down. It builds up. And so we're called to do that. Now, as I say that, I realize that there are some situations within our church family where there is a spouse that is tearing you down, that maybe has the kids some of the time that you don't have, and they just rip you to shreds. Don't return evil for evil. What you need to do is you just need to do what Jesus did. He said, pray for those who persecute you. 
Pray for those who speak evil against you. And in front of the kids, just say, Mom, Dad, they need, they need the Lord. They need God's love. God loves them so much, and I know they love you. And, just, and, and, and you do the opposite. You obey and honor God, and I know that God will honor you. He will. He's true to his word. I, and, and I'm not saying this lightly because I, I know that what I just said is going to be very, very hard to do, but, but it's the best thing. Just wanted to share that with you. The second thing that we do to teach our children and raise them to know God is to build strong character and godly values. Build strong character and godly values. We already looked at Proverbs 22, 6, that we would just raise them to know God. This Proverbs living, that just is when we do what God asks us to do, we're blessed. When we don't, we're cursed. We just, we just know what God says, and that's what I love about uh, the book of Proverbs. You can just go through it. It's 31 chapters. You can do one chapter a day. Go through it and teach it and live it and read it for yourself and then give it to your children through maybe reading it together but probably just living it out. We're just called to live out God's word because God's way is the best way to live. Proverbs in my Bible is the most highlighted book in the entire Bible because it's just one that you go back to again and again. It teaches us this is how we live our life. And also, like I said before, don't teach one thing and do another. Be the example of what God says in his word. And then when a child disobeys, sometimes there will be natural consequences to disobedience and, and everything else, but there are other times where you will be called on to discipline your child, to course correct, to put the choices before them, to build the guardrails around them and say, look, you have the choice to do this or this, but here's the consequences if you do both. And to teach them there are consequences, not just when you're a child, but all the way into adulthood, there are consequences to the, to the actions that we have. And so we are called to discipline our children. You may have a very difficult child. I'm going to share something, and I don't say this, what I'm about to say, without his permission. So I've already talked to, to Luke, Pastor Luke, who's with the kids right now, and I asked if I could share this. Luke was the most difficult child to raise. I know that you're probably like, Pastor Luke, he's awesome. He's the kid's pastor. He's fantastic. Yes, he is. Now. He was our first. We didn't know any better. A strong-willed child doesn't even begin to describe Luke, every day was a fight. He woke up fighting every morning. It was just, it was so hard. We would come to church, this is no joke, and I'd be down here, Leslie would come in, and, and, and she'd be in tears, because I'd come to church early, open up, pray, get ready for the service, and she'd just come up, sit, sit next to me, and just start crying, and it was so hard. He'd fight every diaper change, he would fight you, every moment, it was just everything was a fight. And so we made a decision. Leslie and I made a decision. We said, this kid is going to do amazing things for God. This kid is going to fight the devil like no one else. This kid is going to take, take on the world. I mean, and so and we began to speak life and just and pray and prophesy, man, 
He's, he's wild right now, but he's going to be wild for God. He's fighting us right now, but he's going to fight the devil. You know, and just we'd start saying that, and I prayed every night for him, prayed for the other boys as well, just put my hand on their head when they'd go to sleep. God, make them a strong man of God, just, just speaking life, speaking prophecy. Did I do it all right and every time and didn't lose my goal? Absolutely not. I made it, I blew it plenty of times. But the underlying idea was we are speaking life, we are prophesying prayers over this kid, and we're going to believe that great things are coming. And now 25 years later, that's happening, or, or 21 years, or 18 years, just praying over our kids, speaking life over them. This is the key, because maturity does come down the road, but that maturity will come in how you speak into their life, how you train them, how you prepare them. And one thing I always do with the boys, I always have done, is when there is a decision to be made, it's like, what is God telling you? You need get on your knees, begin to pray. What is the voice of God speaking to you? They hate it when I tell them, what has God told you? What does he say to you? Because it's just like, uh, why don't you just tell me or why don't I just do what I want? No, what is God saying to me? Teach your kids to pray. Teach your kids to hear God's voice. Correct them if you need to correct them, but speak life into them and build that strong character and godly values. The last thing is help them discover their calling and potential. Help them discover their calling and potential. I think that's um, what I'm looking forward to in grandparenting, is just discovering who the grandchild is, not trying to teach or shape or mold, but just discovering who they are, and then cheering them on. I think the one thing that parents really have to watch out is don't try to duplicate your child in your image. Because your child's not meant to be made in your image. Your, your child is actually made in the image of God. So don't try to relive the school experience or the sports experience or, or whatever. Don't, don't try to live out your dreams through your child or, or mold them and shape them. Discover how God designed them and then cheer them on. Don't crush. Don't aggravate. Don't frustrate. Don't discourage. Get out of the critic's seat. And if you need to go out to the store and buy some pom-poms, do it. But become their biggest cheerleader. Become their biggest cheerleader. You can't do it on your own. And you can't do it all. But we're not alone in this. God is with us. He is for us. We know the one who can and we are going to make mistakes. My boys could tell you every mistake I made, and you can ask them after church, because I made tons of mistakes. But that's where the prayer comes in. God, would you cover our family with grace? Will you cover it with grace? Because I'm imperfect. I'm not the good, good father. You're the good, good father. And, and God, would you just cover our family in grace and just make that your prayer. And remember, you don't own your kids. They belong to God. They don't belong to you. You steward them for a moment. And then you cheer them on, and you dedicate your children to the Lord. And if you haven't dedicated your children to the Lord, or you want to dedicate your children to the Lord, just call the church office. We, we just do a little ceremony where we pray over them and dedicate them to God. But give your kids back to God, because he can do a lot better job. Even your adult kids, your grandkids, just give them back to God. And make your kids proud of you. There's a verse in, in Proverbs 17, verse 6. Um, 
It says, grandchildren are the crown of the elderly, and the pride of the children is their fathers. I always like the second half of that, that verse, that, that I want my kids to be proud of me, proud that I'm their dad, because I'm proud that they're my boys, that there would, the children would be proud of their parents. We're about to go, but I want you just to write down a couple things. So if you have your pen and your paper, your phone open, just I want you to write this down. Because listen, Mom and Dad, you got this, okay? You got this. You can do this. Grandpa and Grandma, you can do this. We can do this, right? So there's three words I always think of when it comes to being a pastor or a husband or a father, because being a pastor is a lot like being a parent. Here's the three words. They're on the screen. Love, lead, and feed. That's our calling. Love, lead, and feed. We're called to love our kids as God loves us, as God loves them. Love them. Let them know that you love them. Let them know that they're worthy. You know, and then, then lead them, guide them, teach them about God. Course correct when you need to. Put those guardrails up, but, but, but lead them. They're waiting for you to lead them well, and then feed them. Provide all that they need, all that you can for them. Just in every moment that you can, feed them. And then four things to write down before we go. Don't get discouraged. Don't grow, don't grow weary in doing good. Don't try to do it alone, and, and don't give up. We're just going to keep that on the screen for a while so you can write it down or take a picture or whatever you want to do of it. Just don't get discouraged. Don't grow weary in doing good. Don't try to do it alone. Don't give up. Don't get discouraged. Don't grow weary in doing good. You're doing a good job. Just keep going. Don't give up. The devil's out to destroy you, to defeat you, to discourage you. Don't let him do it. And don't try to do it alone. Don't try to do this all by yourself. God is there to help you. The church is here to help you. We have a great kids ministry, youth ministry. We're cheering you on. We believe in raising our kids to know God. So don't try to do this alone. And don't give up. The enemy would love for you to say, okay, that's it. I'm done. Don't give up. God is true to his word. Honor. Obey. Follow him, and it will go well with you all the days of your life. Would you bow your heads and your hearts with me? And I just want to talk to you for a moment, just with your head bowed and your eyes closed. Um, before we receive the blessing of the Lord and go today, um, I just want to encourage you, Mom and Dad, you got this. Let's do this. God trusts you with those precious lives. You haven't failed. You haven't messed up so bad that you can't get back on track. Just be obedient to God's word. Love, lead, and feed. You got this, okay? Just don't give up. Now to all of us here, we are all God's children. He is a good, good father. And kids only have two things they need to do. Obey and honor. And I'm just going to ask you to make a renewed commitment today as I pray that you will obey and honor God with your life. Because God's plan for you is good. He's planned good things for you. You are his masterpiece. You are his work of art. And he's only allowed to work on you when you obey and honor him. 
when you do things his way. And so maybe today is the day of surrender of your life to, to him. That you say, okay, God, I, I, it's not my way anymore, it's your way. It's a life of obedience and honor. And I want to tell you, as you obey and honor him, he is going to turn you into a masterpiece. God, I thank you for your word. God, I thank you that it speaks to every part of our life. Lord, in this very short book in the New Testament that we took a long time to walk through, God, you spoke to who we are in you, our identity. You spoke to us about our work lives, about our marriages, about parenting, about spiritual warfare. God, you spoke about so many things that you want us to know. And so, Lord, today we just surrender to you as obedient children, saying, okay, Father, you are good. Your love endures forever. So we obey, we follow, we honor you today, God. May we be faithful in our vow to you, God. And Lord, I pray today for every mom and dad in this room, every grandpa and grandma, every teacher, every caregiver, every uncle and aunt that's in charge of a child. Lord, I just pray today that you would encourage them and build them up. Lord, that you would give them strength for the call that's on their life, that, that amazing call to steward a life. And God, I pray for your love to be inside of them that would be reflected to their children. And God, that you would help them in all that they do. And Lord, when we make mistakes, and we will and we do, cover us with grace. Cover our children with grace. And God, may you just make us all young and old, into your works of art, into your masterpieces, whatever you created us to do. Lord, I pray that as we obey and honor you, those good works would flow in our life. We pray this in Jesus' name. Amen. Amen. Amen.